today on the Workers for Joy podcast. I have five kids at home and my younger ones will often run into my presence. They'll say something, expect me to get it and interact with it on their timetable in their own way right there. And, you know, I will always acknowledge them, but sometimes they just run right back out. Their entire world is wrapped up in their thought process on the issue, and they don't even wait for my response. But when we're talking about going on to maturity and the way we spend time with God, there is some back and forth and an exchange that should happen in true relationship. We want to do more than run into God's presence, throw some words up at him, run out, and hope he gets it and solves our world for us. Welcome to the Workers for Joy podcast. Talks and Presence is designed to give you a blueprint for ways to connect with the Holy Spirit in your day-to-day life. Join us as we fellowship over the person of Jesus in whose presence is fullness of joy. Hey friends, welcome back to the Workers for Joy podcast. Today, I'm really looking forward to sharing something that has been on my heart a lot in the last couple weeks, and it's just the idea of how do we actually spend time with Jesus? You know, before I sat down to record this, I was listening to a worship song called Communion from Maverick City Music, and there's this line in there that says, it was all so simple, you're so easy to love. And isn't that what it's all about, spending time with him because you love him? Didn't we choose him because we believed he was really worth it? That's what I want to talk about today, cultivating intimacy with Jesus. I want you to walk away from today realizing what Christians call devotions or quiet time is simple, and it's about love. He is easy to love. Jesus referred to this as going and finding God in the secret place. But what an interesting phrase that is. Where is the secret place? Where is this God who lives in secret, as Jesus says in Matthew 6? In fact, Paul says in Colossians 3 that our life is in secret. It's hidden in Christ. Everything we want and need is found in learning the art of spiritual connection. So can I share a little picture the Lord gave to me the other day as I was asking him about this topic? What I saw was a person kneeling down and praying And I saw God was listening through the door outside the room. He was actually waiting to see if he would be invited into the conversation. As funny as that sounds, since the person in the room was trying to talk to him, what I became aware of is that God is wanting to meet with us. He wants to interact with us, which is more than us just saying words up into the sky and calling it prayer. I realize that there is often a pressure to do something right in our devotions and actually miss spending time with him because we're doing a form of something that we think is right. This is what Jeremiah 29 verses 12 through 14 speaks to. It says, you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you. So in this verse, we see that the seeking of God is important because it actually leads to finding God. The inference is that God is in the secret place and there is something that seeking does, some faith effort that has to be put in to actually find him. 
So I want to encourage you, the invitation in Scripture is to discover a secret world that is very real. There is a way to worship in the Spirit and learn to have real connection that makes a difference in our lives. So I hope you feel as excited as I do to push into this. If that's the ultimate vision, to find God in the secret place, I want to give you a few things to practice and maybe uncover a few hindrances that often make us fall short of this goal. If you're anything like me, you've had various seasons of success and failure at this. You've tried to make this happen just like I have. I just want to encourage you right off the bat, God is not looking for perfection, but he's looking for our intention in our prayer life. So the question becomes, is there a hunger to grow? Is there a hunger to find him and to experience him? Because if we commit ourselves to seek him, we can grow. Sometimes I think we confuse having faith in this area with being perfect. One example of this is we think we should never get bored when we sit down to do devotions. Another, maybe we think we should always feel good emotionally before we go and pray and try and spend time with God. Well, one thing I've learned over the years is the importance of pushing into God when I don't feel good. This is the exact opposite of what my flesh is telling me. I've learned that spending time with God is about receiving from him and it's about having in essence a quiet time for my flesh a time where i put my flesh to death i'm on hold so i can receive from him if we learn to do this we will learn to be led by the spirit and not by the flesh if we learn to do this we will have great personal times with god if the first hindrance is a perfectionism which leads to discouragement the second would be the trap of religion I want to describe to you how I started on my journey. For me, years ago, I would grab my Bible, I'd grab my notebook and my highlighter, I'd have my prayer checklist of all the people that I'm supposed to pray for, all the situations that are relevant and I know I'm supposed to cover in prayer, and I would even set a timer. I would make sure that I prayed long enough. And basically, I was very, very disciplined in my structure. I knew it wasn't good to just run through a list and say, dear God, bless them and then bless them. But I fell into the trap when I tried to pray, the trap of religion. I fell into the trap of just adding words rather than connection. As I think back on those times, it was almost as if my willpower led me into my devotions and my success was measured on if I did it all, if I got through my list and fulfilled my allotted time. The fruit of this was I left with a willpower vowing I would do the rest of my day right in the same way I had done my devotions with God. Well, if you're like me, if you've struggled with defaulting to willpower to do devotions, I just want to encourage you that spending time with God is about an experience of love. And that love brings you joy and peace. When we discover this, we move from depending on willpower to actually having a natural desire to spend time with God, the one we love. So what does this look like spiritually? How do we do this? I want to give you a few practical steps, and I'm actually going to give you three words that start with A to just help you remember this. I hope this serves as a form of a blueprint in which you can build some new habits. I want you to go after this and be able to practice and actually grow in this for the rest of your life. I really have hope that this could be that impacting. So the first A, the first word is approach. 
As simple as this sounds, we want to remember that Hebrews 4.16 says we come before him. And in fact, it says we come boldly. Boldly here is not a militant agenda of self-will or effort like we have been discussing, but rather a posture of faith. It's a posture that knows you personally have direct access to God, so you come boldly. You can have fellowship with him and connect with him. It's not just thinking facts about him or studying facts about him. The end of this scripture says that you are actually going to find grace. What does that mean? You're going into the secret place and you're discovering the substance of what you need and what God wants to give. You discover grace when you relate to God. As simple as this sounds, if you don't practice his presence, if you don't spiritually get into a posture of faith to connect with God, then you have to do something in the flesh. You have to go through a long list of prayers, read a certain number of chapters in the Bible, and just grind through it until you're done. So when you first start shifting in this, to start practicing faith versus doing something in a human sense, it could actually feel scary. It can maybe even feel overwhelming because you're leaving the flesh behind and the false sense of control and certainty that it brings to actually bring yourself into God's presence. It could feel easier to go back to studying facts in your head or running through a checklist because that seems like something we can't fail at. But to really spend time with God, you have to let him in. I want you to think of all the Psalms where we see the full gamut of emotions that humans experience. And what do people of faith do? They interact with God in every season. They bring every part of them to God's throne to find grace in time of need. They say things like, here I am, God. Here's the mess I'm in. Here's what I'm frustrated about. Here's my excitement or my hope, what I want to see happen. When you do this every day, that's when this process becomes relational. There are days when you feel great and you come before him joyfully. You enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. There are days we come in and we feel sad or anxious and we come and the first thing we do is we cast our cares on him because he cares for us. James 4 says it this way, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. So if we don't draw near, we won't have an experience of him or he won't draw near to us. So I want you to feel the humility of this, the vulnerability of this. This is a spiritual posture that submits all of you to someone else. And in this case, it's God Almighty. If you don't come before him, this is the language of scripture, then you have to do a religious activity to make you feel like you're pursuing God. But right in line with the heart of this podcast called Talks and Presence, we are learning to practice his presence. On a simple level, I'm saying you and I weren't made for ritual. We were made for love. In this sense, I want you to understand you're not looking just for information in your time with God, but you're actually looking for an encounter that leads to transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, The Lord is the Spirit, and where He is, that's His presence, it says there is freedom. Of course, He's omnipresent, right? So what does this mean? He's everywhere. I think this is talking about where He is invited, where He actually has a lordship, where there's actually spiritual connection, he manifests himself. 
verse 18 of the same chapter says, we are actually changed from glory to glory as we see him in the spirit. What this means is that when we see him, there's an exchange of something and he actually manifests himself to us. And this leads us right into our second A, awareness. We want to become aware of what God is saying or doing. Time with God in his presence brings awareness or revelation. So said a different way, another thing that I always watch for or for a relationship to happen, I know there has to be a moment where I become still and I receive. I become aware of what he's saying and doing. In essence, there has to be a back and forth. This is what Psalm 46.10 says. It says that we will be still and know he is God. We be still and then we know. Why? Because we get to receive his thoughts, not our own. Hebrews 8 verse 10 says that he will write his thoughts in our hearts and our minds. So only the Holy Spirit can write his thoughts in our heart, right? Not just have some facts in our head. In this sense, meditation is more important than memorization. What we're pursuing is encounter. So what this looks like is rather than just reading the Bible like you would read any other book, you read it as if you're spending time with God and you actually let him speak to you. If we aren't looking for the Holy Spirit to highlight some passage that he speaks to our heart or perhaps draw us into prayer as we're reading, make some personal application, then again, what we're doing has become just a mental exercise, a religious work or a performance. In this place, what happens is knowledge puffs up, as scripture says, but what we're after is his love and experience of it that builds us up internally. In Ephesians 3.17, Paul says he wanted the church to experience a love that surpasses knowledge, to know a love that surpasses knowledge. This implies more in our devotions than just reading. So can I give you a little analogy of what this might look like? I want you to think of a little kid who runs into the room and is really excited to share something with their parent. What happens is they run in the room, start talking quickly, they're saying lots of stuff, and the parent might say something like, whoa, whoa, just tell me what's going on. I want to hear. I have five kids at home and my younger ones will often run into my presence. They'll say something, expect me to get it and interact with it on their timetable in their own way right there. And, you know, I will always acknowledge them, but sometimes they just run right back out. Their entire world is wrapped up in their thought process on the issue and they don't even wait for my response. Is that relationship? Well, in some sense, I'm glad that God is a good father, right? There have been many times in our lives where God has been listening to us when we haven't been listening back to him. And that is encouraging. But when we're talking about going on to maturity and the way we spend time with God, there is some back and forth and an exchange that should happen in true relationship. We want to do more than run into God's presence, throw some words up at him, run out and hope he gets it and solves our world for us. To go on to maturity, there has to be times where we will have to be still. We'll have to become aware of him. We'll have to learn to hear what he's saying. In fact, if all of our time is one-sided, there's a good chance we aren't spending time with him. It will often feel like our prayers aren't answered and we're going to be actually unfulfilled in our relationship with him because we're not experiencing his benefits. 
So that's the importance of this second A of awareness. We've got to become aware of him and what he's saying and doing. The last A is abide. Finally, once you've come into God's presence, you've begun to share your heart and receive back from him. Abide means you just stay there. (laughs) By faith, you keep talking. You keep talking until you feel full, until you feel peace, until you've enjoyed God. So devotions in this sense are not done on a timer. They are done when the conversation is done. If you have a spouse, you know this, right? You don't give them 60 seconds and then cut them off or five minutes and that's your quota for the day. No, you finish the conversation that you're in with them. And even if you aren't done, you agree to pick it up later. But there's a relational finish. So in devotions, there are days that this looks like 10 or 15 minutes for me. I may not have tons of time, but I find some spiritual nourishment in my connection with God and I tell him I love him. He meets me right there. He fills me up and supplies me with whatever I need until we have space and time to connect again. And of course, he's speaking throughout my day as well. There may be other days I have more time and the Lord leads me to spend a more extended period of time with him. And when this happens, I am sensing the conversation is not done. I am watching and taking the time to unravel all that he has for me. And it takes faith to stay in this posture and pursue the full experience he has waiting for us. This is spiritually abiding. So I want you to think of this like a date. When you are in love, the end goal of the date is not what you do, but it's who you're with. It's not so much about where did you go for dinner, for example, although there may be special occasions. And by the way, this is the same with God. Sometimes my devotions are really powerful. Other days, they're just substance to keep going. But the real joy of the date is in the relationship. It's who you are with and the fact that you've connected. You've experienced love together. Spiritually, I want you to think of all the spiritual disciplines as aspects of your day. Maybe reading the Bible is like going to dinner. You eat something different every time you go out, but that's part of the dialogue with God. There shouldn't be a monotony in how you approach the scriptures. No, you should be fellowshipping with God over the scripture. You are seeing part of God's heart, and it's alive in that now moment with him. There's a real experience you're having. Maybe you move from scripture into praise and worship. Praise and worship is another spiritual discipline, but worship is the spontaneous result of a heart that sees God. Worship is something that lovers do. They praise each other. So just like on a date, there are tons of ways you can spend time together. There's various levels of intimacy and experience, but all are valid if they're truly relational. What I am looking for in my heart is after I've come before him, I'm looking for the back and forth. I'm looking for him to lead me or draw me into some moment. And then I'm staying there until we're done. In devotions, you are going on a journey. I pursue him in that journey like I'm pursuing someone on a date. I do this until I am full, until it's the end of the day, the end of the night. You should feel satisfied, just like a good date. As scripture says, better is one day in his courts than a thousand days elsewhere. At the end of my time, I know I've spent time with the Lord. I know what he showed me in the scripture. I know what I felt in worship. I experienced his presence, and I could describe that. I know what his heart said to me in pictures or words that he spoke. 
So in essence, again, there's no right or wrong way to do a date, but only that we've been relational with the one we're trying to connect with. So for this final point of abiding, it's important to know that our relational heart posture of faith keeps us open to receiving from the Lord. So there you have it, three A's to help you connect with God in a more intimate way. Remember, approach, aware, and abide. I hope these simple ideas empower you to try something new. I hope what it does is it stirs faith in you. If you develop these relational skills, you will undoubtedly experience more intimacy with God. So now it's time for application. Each podcast is geared towards giving you practical steps to walking out the information you just heard. By God's grace, we are moving from teaching into equipping. Before we jump into application, if you want an example of live devotions, I have actually put one on our YouTube channel. You can look up Workers for Joy on YouTube, and you can listen in as one day I just hit record and watch me explain my interactions with God that day. Keep in mind, each day is different. But for today, I want you to practice the first two steps, the first two A's I gave you. I want you to invite his presence or approach him. Then start your devotions, maybe the way you usually do. Pick up in the Bible where you left off in your reading plan. But this time you're going to stop when a scripture jumps out at you and you're going to expect it to happen. I want you to find one thing that he makes you aware of and interact with it. I want you to maybe pray something in response to him. You may want to study a bit on that, but keep it relational. Express something back to God as you've seen something in the scripture. Receive that leading from him and respond. If your brain kicks in and you start to think and wonder, is this real? Is he really leading me? Was that little idea really from him? That's okay. It does take practice. For today, shake it off. Remember, you were made to have him write his thoughts right into your heart and mind, Hebrews 8.10 says. You are his sheep and his sheep do hear his voice. You can draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So practice it. Develop faith. Don't fall back into something you can do. That's not relationship or God's plan for you. You were made for him. You were made to experience his love. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you want and desire intimacy with us. Father, teach us to be intimate with you, to spend time with you, to hear your voice, and to experience your heart. As the Apostle Paul said, we want to know a love that surpasses knowledge. Bless my friends as they hear this to be equipped to run hard after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us today for Talks and Presence. We bless you with faith as you give yourself permission to pursue Jesus this week. He truly is our source of joy. We will see you next time for Talks and Presence.